Oh, there. 
move of the spirit well maybe the spirit's moving and we're just not we're not moving in him maybe we're maybe we're quenching the spirit by not moving freely in worship and in spirit and in truth and that's what we're called to be Jehovah, he's seated on the throne.
Oh, and oh. 
So did that word bless your heart? Did it? That's because she was obedient to the Holy Spirit. So when we come in the house, you need to be obedient to the Holy Spirit. So what was the worst thing that could happen to Peter when he got out of the boat? What was the worst thing that could happen? He would sink. He would sink. You know, I'll never forget when Oral Roberts made an announcement that if he didn't get a certain amount of money, God was going to take him home. And people said, well, you, you used to work there. Are you going to send him some money? And I said, no. And they said, why not? I said, if God takes him home, he'll be all right. The worst that can happen is Peter got out of the boat and God take him home. He'd be just fine. We need to get out of the boat and get in the river. The worst that's going to happen is that God's going to bless you and fill you up with his spirit to overflowing. He's going to minister peace and joy to your heart. So I want to encourage everyone to lead, follow the leading of the spirit of the living God. As we come here, I've been in a lot of churches in my life. The only growth was the ivy on the walls. When the Spirit of God is here, as He is every week, and also with us throughout the week, but as He's here when we gather together, it's such a precious thing. So I just want to encourage us to continue to praise and worship our God. Because today, today is the day. Not tomorrow, not yesterday, but today is the day when Jesus is on the throne. And he's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession. And he said it's better that he goes away so that he could send the Holy Spirit to live and dwell in us. So we know the truth. It's time that we walk in that truth. Amen. So take this as a word from the Lord to encourage you and to draw you close to him because he desires that very much. So with that, I'm going to ask the ushers if they'd come forward to receive our tithes and offerings. You know, the Bible says that God's given us everything that we need for life and for godliness. And so he's the one that supplies our needs. Brother Bailey, would you pray over your offering this morning, please? We're going to let our children go to Children's Church this morning.
coming. You know, I was hesitating there and thinking a little bit before we dismissed the children. Because you see, God was speaking to me during the praise and worship to come down off the stage and get in the river, and I didn't do it. So if you thought that word of encouragement was for you, it was actually for me. So I'm just telling you. So pray for me that I will obey what God's called me to do and not stay there and not do what I'm supposed to. So with that, we're going to ask our birthday pastor to come and give us a word. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, appreciate the team. Good Lord. I mean, this whole thing's just about Jesus. You know, it's just about us getting in his presence, having him speak to us and minister to us, bring life into us in this moment so that we can go out in the moment to come and live that life. Amen. So I appreciate so what we, I'm going to take a second right here. We're going to do a little, little, little sidebar teach right quick. That was a word of knowledge. If you wonder what the spirit gifting is for, it is to bring his word to life to us. So we know the scripture teaches us in Corinthians that there are these gifts given. And you may not know what it is, but you just know you've got to say something. You know that God's give you something. So that was a word of knowledge to the body. It's really actually a word of knowledge. It sounds like Brother Keith, but that's all right. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> but anyway, no, no. Uh, so, so we just welcome his spirit. Amen. You know, we just welcome him. And I'm telling you, as long as we're declaring victory, you know, is his name and and. And healing is his name, and life is his, all those things, redemption is his name. As long as we're making those declarations, God's Spirit's going to pour out and move among us and work in our lives. So that's what, that's what we want to happen. Um, uh, two or three things real quick, then I'm going to get into the Word. Um, uh, the first thing I would like to say is welcome to a friend of mine, uh, Randy and his wife Leslie. I welcome Randy Hollis. He's waving at y'all. So... I helped coach him in baseball with my boys. Uh, Randy uh, has been a friend for years from this. I, I didn't coach him no kind of championship or nothing. I wasn't a great coach, but I, I you know, a matter of fact, that was back in a time when I couldn't convince my son after getting hit with a baseball in practice, actually get up to the plate. Matt, you got to get to the plate to hit the ball. Well, they'd pitch him. Randy remembers. Anyway. Um, so they reached out to us and said, hey, we see y'all pass. We're coming. They're about four minutes away, so we welcome them. We know they're involved in the community. But how awesome to have you at church today. Thank you for coming. Uh, welcome everyone else. The Dupree's have made it back. We welcome them. Thank the Lord for their life and for what they represent to uh, Mount Olive. And all of you, man, it's exciting to be in church today. Amen. I did hit 62 yesterday. Uh, um, my goal, here's my goal every, every 10 years. My goal is if I can just, at, 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 like back when I turned 50, I thought if I can do like 60 or 70, maybe 80% of the things I was doing at 40. So it's dropping drastically through the years. 
Uh, I, I went with my boys. They took me to play golf yesterday. <laughs> Don't even ask about it. I'm still struggling to get over swinging the club. But anyway, uh, so I, you know, I'm, I'm probably maybe hitting about 50% of what I can do at 50, but uh, uh, I do realize I, I'm at 62. I thank the Lord for yesterday because that means I made it. I made it. So, like, I'm a, I, I'm a whole year older. Actually, only a day, but a whole year according to the book. So, uh, thank you for praying and for all the thanks and the comments and the happy birthdays that we got. Last thing I'll mention, uh, Debbie did tell me that I needed to mention the fact that our house has shown 20, will have shown 24 times from Friday, and we need your prayers on who and how and the what, because I think we got a meeting with our realtor tonight after church that he's going to tell us we hate it, but this is it, you know. No, no, no. But he's going to give us some choices. We believe there's four offers already in. We're just going to try to work through all that. Uh, but uh, thank you for your prayers, and uh, we're coming to Mount Olive. Amen. So we're excited about that. I am going to have one thing that I'm going to have about uh, 15 minutes preach. I'm just kidding. I'll take the whole 45. Uh, I'm going to have one thing, and that is uh, um, just. Be praying for next Sunday. We want next Sunday to be such a special day Sunday, that afternoon for Brother Jerry and Miss Mary. We love them. They have poured their life. I know what it is to have done what Brother Jerry's done. I've done an extended ministry for a long period of time in one church and reached a place where I knew it was time for me to make a move. And so for Brother Jerry and Miss Mary, their heart is so attached to you. Your heart is so attached to them. And their goal and their hopes are, you know, how do we fit in? We want to love on them next Sunday afternoon. We want to honor them. And then we want to make sure they know that evangel is their home. Amen? Yeah. Amen. And that they're a part of this. And so we're going to do that to the very best of our ability with the Lord's help. It's going to be an awesome time. Okay? So make plans to be a part of that. Uh, they're not here today because I think they're, doing a, they're celebrating a baby dedication. So we just let you know that. So they... Uh, they didn't. They they never skip out on us. There's sickness or something's affecting them. But uh, I believe the word is, brother Jerry, Jerry's feeling better. Amen. So we praise God for that. Yeah. It's crazy when you take the weight of 70, 80 folks off your shoulders. No, no. And you take it on. But anyway, no, I'm just kidding. All right. So we do. We're going after the difficult things this morning. Okay. So let's talk about that. So we all have things in our life that would, we would identify or mark as, man, that was difficult. Amen? Or maybe you're in a difficult thing. Um, I'm sure you can think of something in your life that you've gone through, some event that's happened, something maybe even that you've asked for or wanted or, or, or expected, wished for, prayed for, dreamed of, you name it. Um, that was difficult at best. God, I need you to do this. Amen? And if we took time to think about it, even if we took time to share, we hear some incredible stories of God's provision and his work in our lives. I'm absolutely sure of that. Like, I'm going to give you a, for instance, like asking God for some specific things. That's difficult. That was difficult. Uh, so, because let's face it, some things that we ask God for seem difficult. Amen? Um, save my son. Deliver my child. 
change the heart of this particular person. Help me get out of the mess I've got myself into. We, I mean, I'm, those are just, those are things we pray. We say, God, this, this is difficult. And it's really difficult when it's sort of about us. Amen? Um, we're going to go back to the prophets Elijah and Elisha today, okay? And we're going to look at them. We're going to have a little study on them or discussion on them. Uh, Elisha, obviously, was no stranger to difficult things. Uh, I'm getting a little echo right here. Second uh, Kings chapter 2 records one of the most profound asks, and that word ask, A-S-K, so I'm going to try to make sure I pronounce it the way you understand what I'm saying here. This records, I believe, one of the most profound asks, one of the most profound moments someone asked something that, was, that changed everything, I think. That, that was a... That was a that was a landmark, a, a, a moment that you need to record and, and mark and scratch up in your scripture. Or like me, I'm pretty digital and welcome to our online group today. Thank you for joining us. I mentioned that earlier. We do recognize that there are folks watching online. We are thrilled that you're online with us. Um, but there, this is one of the most profound asks in scripture. And it shows us a reflection of ourselves, I think, when it comes to asking for difficult things. Okay, so we're going to go to 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. I'm going to read them to you. If you've got your Bible, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Uh, it begins in 2 Kings 2, 9. It says, when they came to the other side, Elijah said to Elisha, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away. And Elisha replied, Please let me inherit a double share of your spirit and become your successor. Then verse 10 says, there you go. <laughs> it's, it's not Riley's fault. Our computer's struggling a little bit, but we're going to address that. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah replied. If you see me when I'm taken from you, it says, then, then you will get your request. But if not, then you won't. I love the Message Bible. I didn't give this to them. I'm going to read it to you from the Message Bible because I just sort of like the way it says. You, it says, that's a hard one. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's me with somebody. That's Elisha looking at his buddy that's been a mentor of his, and he's been training him. He's been a prophet in training. Elisha's standing there with him. They've crossed over, and he's like, all right, it's fixing to happen. I'm fixing to leave you. What do you want me to, what do you want to ask for? What do you want? He, he says, I want this double portion of your anointing. I want all that you got for me to do what you've done for the kingdom of heaven. And he goes, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. But, but here's what he goes on and says, that's a hard one, said Elijah, but if you're watching when I'm taken from you, you'll get what you've asked for, but only if you're watching. Say only if you're watching. Only if you're watching. Is that enough? Let's do it one more time. Only if you're watching. So Elijah's about to be taken from the earth to be with God. This is the, this is the framework of, of what was taking place. Elisha, the prophet who's in training, we just mentioned, under Elijah, who's been following him everywhere, knew, he recognized, he saw the God moment. He saw this was the event that was fixing to happen that was going to, change him, change the future, change everything, change his circumstances, everything that was coming down. It was about to happen. And Elijah, having finished his work, 
says or asks or makes this statement to Elisha about right before he leaves. What do you want before I leave? What, what do you want to ask for? What is it that you would like? What can I do for you? Uh, here's something worth noting. Elisha was a determined dude. I mean, he was in it to win it. Okay? He was committed for the long haul. He didn't get off at the first stop. Elijah said, Elijah said to Elisha, you don't need to follow me. You don't need to go any further. Mm. I'm in it. Follows him. He didn't get off at the second stop. Look, you've gone far enough. That's good. You can do what you need to do from this point on. Mm-mm. I'm with you. He didn't get off at the third stop. So three times he is addressed by Elijah and, and in those three times, not once did he stay back, did he give up, did he back off. He continued all the way to the end. He was so committed to get to the place that he believed he was supposed to be. And, and what was that place? Uh, three times Elisha refused, basically saying, I believe, within that, 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 that position that he took, not on your life, I'm, I'm not letting you out of my sight. Because I'm supposed to be with you and you have something that I want. I've got, a, I got something specific I want. And you're, you're the one that has it. It's, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's pretty evident, I think, why Elisha was keeping Elijah close why he was why he was staying i guess would be the word staying with him to the end why he was hanging in there because elisha is about to ask for something that elijah would determine was a difficult thing did elisha know that i don't know that he did do you know that the things that you have been through or asked for are difficult i don't think we do i don't I don't think we do until we're in it, and then when we're in it, it's difficult, isn't it? And we say, oh, God, when I need it most is when I need you to do something, and I need that now, amen? Um, what was Elisha really asking for? Let's think about that for just a second. So what he was asking for, and he didn't understand, I don't know that he fully understood. Here's what I believe he was asking for. He was asking for Elijah's life to be repeated in Elisha's life. You agree? He was asking what God's done through you, I want him to do through me. What he's done in you, I want him to do in me. What, what I've seen him do for you, I'm asking if he could do that for me. That, that, that's strong. I think that. That's what he's asking for, and that's strong. And why I say that is because how many of us realize that's what we are asking for? Have you thought about the fact that what you're asking for by being here is, uh, is Jesus, I want your life to be repeated in my life. Jesus, I want you to live through me. I want to live for you. So, so, so what we see here is um, 
and I've been rolling this over in my head and in my spirit and praying about it and thinking about it for a few weeks. And so, so this, I believe this is for somebody today. Why do we back up? Why do we back off from asking God the difficult things? For the difficult things. Why do, why do we hesitate? Why do we, why do we withdraw? Why do we see it as something that is, that, is, that is too much or too hard or too difficult? Maybe, maybe, maybe this is a better question. Maybe this is a better question. What's a difficult thing for God? Because whenever you read that and you look at it, and even Elijah says to Elisha from the translation of the message, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. That's a hard one. So, 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 so what's difficult? Was it, was it, okay, so I'm going to use Elijah, okay? Or no, no, I'm going to use some, 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 I'm, let, let me, let me use some, uh, um, some, some historical characters from the scripture. Was it a difficult thing for God to order the steps of Moses even before he could walk? Was it a difficult thing for God to give Abraham and Sarah a child in their 90s? Was it a difficult thing for God to direct the affairs of Joseph even with his family against him? Was it, was it a difficult thing for God to guide this boy named David through the bear and through the line to Goliath to victory over him? Was that hard for God? I mean, the more I thought about this, the more I wrote it over. Listen, uh, Elijah had, had seen so many difficult things uh, done by God. He was, he, was, he, was, he was a prophet. He had seen and heard everything you could imagine uh, what could have, what could have caused what? So think about this. What could have called Elijah? What could have caused Elijah to say a thing? Anything is difficult for God. Maybe we're reading it wrong. Not once in all the journeys that Elisha ever heard Elijah speak of a difficult thing. Was it? Was it a difficult? Did he say it was difficult? When he prayed to blind the armies? Did he say it was, boy, this is going to be a hard one. God, I need you to send fire down from heaven and consume and lick up the water and the offering. At the altar. Was it, did Elijah go, I don't know, it's going to be hard for God. God, I need you to seal the heavens. No rain. Or was after praying that scene, did he think to himself, well, this is going to be even harder, Lord. You're going to need to send rain now. So, so I guess my point is, what is a difficult thing for God? Because I think we read it and we think, boy, that's going to, that, that, what he's asked for is hard. What could you ask that would be difficult for God with the evidence of his power in the Scripture? Well, here's the truth, I believe, concerning difficult things in our life. Fear of asking too much causes us to ask too little. So we worry about how God will view it because we view it through ourselves and through our ability and through our mind and through our, our experience. And so all of a sudden we weigh God into how we look at him through these amber lens because we've looked at him through, through something that's, that's, that's affected by us. And, 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 and the scriptural evidence is, is that God... So, so here's the thought. I believe, God, I believe God is more impatient with the timid than he is the aggressive. I, I, believe, I believe God's more 
more imp- I, I believe it affects God's response to us, or he's more impatient is the word I use there, when we're timid, when, we're, when we back up. I told you two, this statement two Sunday nights ago. Um, uh, when, when do we, what do we do when we are trying to go where we can't see? You remember me asking that? What do we do when we try to go where we can't see? I, I gave you the illustration of me nearly killing myself in the ditch that night. Sliding down in it and getting up. And the first concern I had in the darkest of nights was, did anybody see that? <laughs> I'm this deep down in a ditch, and I'm looking worried somebody saw that, you know. So that's us. Okay, let's face it. That's us. We try to hide all of our mistakes. We try to all hide all our, our failures. We try to hide when something gets difficult. We worried about who's seen it. Who, what? Oh, Jesus, is that going to make Facebook? Hey, please don't tweet that. I told you that night, what do we do when we try to go where we can't see? We take timid steps. We move very, we, we don't even step. We do more of a slide. Why? Because we don't want our feet to leave the ground. We don't, we, and we're waving our arms out here because we don't want to run into anything. You know? so, so I guess my, my thought here is, what is timidity? It is the opposite of courage. When the scripture tells us in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline, what it's saying there is, look, this, this, this thing that you're facing, as difficult as it looks, I can take care of it. God said, I can take care of it. He ain't not give us a spirit of fear or timidity. He doesn't want you dragging your feet. He doesn't want you courageless. He doesn't want that. He's given us power, love, and self-discipline. He's given us a spirit that gives us the ability to trust him and to follow him. Watch this. Hebrews 4.16, so let us come boldly, say boldly. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When we need it most. When we need it most. When do you need it most? It's when you're facing a difficult thing, right? Elisha understood the need to be bold in asking difficult things. I believe Elisha also understood this. I believe he also understood the importance of focus. Only if you're watching. Only if you're watching. How important is it that you don't back down from asking God difficult things? How important is that? I'm going to tell you how important it is. Someone's life depends on it. I give you the scriptural evidence of that from this story right here. Actually, from this person's life. Uh, we see Elisha receive the double share of God, of, of, of the spirit, of the double, a, a, a double share of anointing, basically, is what happens. And Elisha, we can follow his life and see twice the miracles done within his life through, through the events and the steps that were ordered of the Lord. Uh, over what Elijah, Elijah had done. But here's the, here's the reality that somebody's life depends on us 
our focus, our asking the difficult things and saying focused on the prayers that we pray for God to answer. Um, When you see his story in his life, you see all the way through to 2 Kings chapter 13, uh, the evidence of God's activity in his life. But then all of a sudden we know I could tell you the story and share the story that really ties in with this, but I'm not going to take a lot of time there. Uh, the story of him die, near death and how uh, Jehoash the king came to him and there was all this concern uh, in the king's face, but it was a fear of losing, uh, it was a fear of losing Elisha the prophet because of his activity and his prayers that had held at bay uh, our, the, the our, our Armenians, okay, uh, Arameans. So, so, so he knew and understood the importance of the prophet. He knew and understood the importance of this man for the kingdom. I won't take time to explain all that, but some events happened that caused Elisha at near death to get really frustrated because what he had, what he had asked of the king and what the king did fell short of focus. What is focus about? Here's what focus is about. Focus is about the God moment. Focus is about what God is saying to you in the moment. Focus is about what God is calling you to, what he is saying to you, what he is doing in your midst, and you being able to see it and go, oh, okay, I see that, God, I'm in. So watch this. Back to someone's life depends on it. Elisha dies. Verse 20, 2 Kings 13. says, then Elisha died. So I didn't dream that up. It actually says that. He was buried. So they put him in a tomb. Groups of Moabite raiders used to invade the land each spring. So it was springtime, obviously. And these guys have passed. This, 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 these guys are coming through. The raiders are coming through. The, 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 there's Israelites, the scripture says. Once when some Israelites were burying a man, they spied a band of these raiders. So real quick, little story right here. Uh, I, I know there are times we need to stand and fight, but this wasn't one of those times. This is one of those moments where these Israelites saw these raiders coming, and as they saw and understood what was happening, they saw what was coming and knew it was time to get out of there. It's time to get out of there. Why? Because they're supposed to get raided. They're supposed to lose everything they had. Uh, and, and, so, and so I'm not going to make some spiritual out of this. I'm just going to tell you the facts. They looked at each other and basically said, we don't have time for former burial. Let's throw him in this hole right here and let's get out of here. So they chunk him in the hole. Well, the scripture basically tells us, so they hastily threw the corpse in the tomb of Elisha and fled. Now, why is it important? Why is it important that you and I stay focused on what God is doing around us and how he wants to answer the difficult things for us? Really and truly, it's not that he's wanting to do something that is difficult. It's that he is trying to get us to focus so that when he does it, we'll see that he did it. <laughs> but, but as soon as the body touched Elisha's bones, the dead man are, are revived and jumped to his feet. What's up with that, y'all? I mean, why is that even in the Scripture? What's the importance of that to you and me? What, what does that mean to us? What kind of anointing could pass? Could, what kind of anointing could live past a person's life? What kind of anointing, what kind of thing can happen to you that your bones have power in them? 
Obviously, it was the devil's share of the spirit of God's anointing that had made Elisha's bones bring this guy back to life. And we think, I want that. I want that. I want it all. I want the devil's share. We ask God to do what only he can do. We do it all the time. We think about it. We think about it with our children. We think about it with our our friends. We think about it with family. We think about it with with people who we've come in contact with. And we go, oh, God, boy, if you just do that, I know that's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. Yet most of the time, we don't seek enough. We don't cry out as if someone's life depends on it. We won't ask big enough. And all I'm saying is we don't focus. We don't stay focused. We pray and then, man, we don't think about it again until the crisis occurs again. And I guess my point today is this. I think we miss the prophetic moment because Maybe we're just a little insensitive to the Holy Spirit's presence. Maybe we just don't have that sensitivity to him, to what he's saying, what he's doing. Maybe we're just a little, maybe maybe our spiritual senses have dulled a little bit because we've allowed a lot of other stuff into us. And, and all of a sudden we find ourselves in this place where that we, we I mean, I mean, I mean, we can get distracted by the smallest of inconsequential things. Only if you're watching. Only if you're watching. I think that's the most powerful statement in the whole passage. Y'all know me. I'm a hard work kind of guy. I've told y'all, I, I, think, I think this is hard work. Uh, we're working hard, but there's a difference in that and hard work. Because working hard can be getting out and digging a ditch. But hard work is the discipline it is the focus it's it's being in that place where that nothing distracts us from what god is doing it's that sensitivity so again again i'm going to ask the question why do we back up from asking god for the difficult things what's difficult what is a difficult thing for god when god says pray Do you pray and keep praying until you get an answer? When God says fast, are you fasting and giving up stuff and fasting and fasting and keep on fasting until you see the answer? When when he says lean in, he's been saying that all year, all since the first of the year. That's our phrase. That's our thing for the year. Lean in, lean in, lean into his presence, lean into the river, lean into into his word, lean into one another, lean in, lean in. Lean in. Be be one with those around you. Lean in. Be one with the Spirit. Lean in. Do you keep leaning in? When God says, cast your care on me, do you cast it at the altar and not pick it up again? (laughs) I'm guilty of, hey, God, I left that up there, but I think something needs to happen, so I'm going to go get it and do something. (laughs) Amen? Oh, I can write you a storybook on that. I mean, a true storybook. (laughs) Not just a book. I mean, I ain't got stories of that. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you four steps to receiving the difficult things. Okay, real quick. Four steps. If you're writing, jot them down real quick. Four steps to receiving the difficult things that you pray for. Okay. Four steps to receiving the difficult things that you're asking God for. 
Elisha asked a difficult thing, the scripture says. But what was difficult? Wasn't difficult for God. I mean, y'all face it. What's, what's, what's harder for God and what's easier for God? What's harder for God, to make an elephant or a mouse? Come on. What, what's harder for God? What's easier for God? To, 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 to cure a cold or to, to free the body from cancer? See, we look at it and go, whoa, man, the cold. I got medicine I can take for that cancer. It's going to take a miracle of God. We're, we're talking about God, y'all. We're talking about God. We're not talking about ourselves. We're talking about God. What will you believe for? What will you focus on? Only if you're watching. Only if you're watching. Here's four steps. You ready? Four things. Note, note, I didn't say asking the difficult thing. I said receiving. The issue for Elisha wasn't the ask. The hard work for Elisha was receiving. So here we go. First, be sensitive to the right difficult thing. For you, for your life, if you're, if you're going to ask for a difficult thing, be sensitive to what that is. You say, what do you mean by that? Solomon, what he asked for? Wisdom. Jabez, what he asked for? Blessing. Elisha, what he asked for? God's anointing. Caleb, Caleb, what he asked for? I want that mountain. I mean, you may need to ask for deliverance. You may need to ask for direction. You may need to ask for provision. You may need to ask for purpose. You may, I don't know what you need today, but you need to ask God. And if he's give you something that is difficult, there's something difficult in your life, then it is not difficult for God. It is for you to receive it. That's the challenge. How do I get this, God? How do I receive this? God, why haven't you done this? Only if you're watching. Only if you're watching. So be sensitive to the right difficult thing. Be sensitive to the right difficult thing that will meet your need when you need it most. What do you need today? What do you need today? Elisha saw Elijah was leaving, and he knew he needed a double portion of what he had. Second, let God birth his difficult thing in your spirit. What does that even mean? Let God birth his difficult thing in your spirit. So, so be sensitive. Here's what I say about that. Be sensitive to the God moment. Elijah, Elisha. Had, had, had this burst in him. He had watched and seen as a, as, as a prophet in training what God could do, and he wanted that to happen in his life. But when Elijah said, hey, you stay here that first time, oh, no, 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 I don't, no. You, God has shown me in my spirit what I know I'm supposed to be doing. I'm staying with you. You, you can't get rid of me. I'm in it. I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to get it. I want all that God has for me, so I'm staying. I'm going to stay until the moment, till the ask. I'm going to stay until you look at me and say, I'm leaving. What do you want? And then I'm going to be ready because I know what I'm supposed to get. A divine door will swing open. You'll sense this is the moment. That's the when to ask the difficult thing. So once he bursts this in you, you've got to let that thing stay so alive in you that it becomes your focus all the time. You can do this. Where you don't have to be a preacher to do this. You don't have to be a prophet to do this. You can be a mechanic and do this. You can be, you can be anything and do this because it's not about the position or the profession. It's about the person. It's about you. It's about God. 
It's about how he wants to use you and what he wants to do for you and in you and through you. So, God wants to birth wholeness, deliverance, vision, direction, hope, purpose, life. He wants to birth life in you. Third, so we know be sensitive to the right difficult thing. Second, let God birth his difficult thing in your spirit. Third, when God asks, tell me what I can do for you, answer him. Say, wait a minute. Didn't Elijah ask that? Yes, he did. But that was God asking. Because Elijah couldn't give him. I mean, Elijah didn't have that. He didn't have the ability to pass on something God had given him. I can only live out what God's given me and hope that my children get it and want it. Amen? I mean, that's why we come to church. That's why we facilitate ministry for children, youth, men, women. That's why we do all this stuff because it's not that we can We I can't take what's happening in the spirit and push it into you. I can only facilitate it so that you get to choose it. And so here was this moment. He was placed in this position to where that all of a sudden, tell me what you, tell me what I can do for you. So this was God asking Elisha. And what did he say? He didn't hesitate. He didn't choke up like I would and start crying and all that stuff. He seized this God moment in faith. And my word to you is do not miss the question. Do not miss the question. Do not miss, miss what God is saying to you. It's, it, so, so let me say this. It's not up to you who asks, what, what can I do for you? Think about that for just a second. Because we want to dictate that. I wish the preacher would talk to me. I wish my husband would say something to me. I wish, well, it comes. I wish my kids would listen to me. See, we want, it, we, want it, we want to dictate who says, what can I do for you? We want to, we want to be in control of that. We, we want to dictate that. We want to be the ones who has the words. What if a donkey asks you? I, I used the word donkey. That was really polite, by the way. Because some of y'all thought of people and you thought donkey and that didn't fit. No, so anyway. Uh, <laughs> what if God uses an animal? What if God uses a, I'm going to say it. What if he uses a, a, a bartender? What if he uses a person behind a plexiglass window in a convenience store that you go into and they look at you and say, you know, I think I have a word for you. I mean, do, I, look, here's my point. I don't care who gives me a word. I want to get a word. I don't want to dictate that. If God sends it through a song, if he sends it through a podcast, if he sends it over something on on one of the social media platforms, if he chooses to send it in the middle of the night from a dream or if an angel shows up, I don't care. I don't care how I have to get it. 
I want to get it. I want, an, I want a word. I need to hear something from him. I need something dropped in my spirit. I need something that breathes me alive. God chooses. God chooses. God chose to use Elijah with Elisha. So I'm not saying it may be, it may be something out there. It may be just somebody that you see. I use, I use, I use a service station attendant. Uh, because I can remember after I got saved and I was pumping gas at my dad's service station, I remember a couple of different times we had been having prayer and fasting and stuff going on in our youth group. And I remember, I remember on occasion, uh, I, yes, I was serving a church locally as a youth pastor, but I can remember people coming up, me doing something to me, hearing the Spirit, like you're talking about, me hearing the Spirit say, you need to ask them this, you need to ask them this, you need to ask them this. And I'd, I'd, I'd be wiping the windshield, sweat running down my face in 30-degree weather. God. Yeah, yeah, I was sweating. I was sweating because I was supposed to ask something. I was sweating because I was worried and nervous over it being me. And you know what the problem is? They were probably watching. They were probably been praying because they needed it so bad. They needed it most right then. They were saying, Lord, I don't care how you give me an answer. I just need an answer. And just like that, you share something and the tears run down their face and you recognize, man, this is a God moment I don't deserve. I hadn't earned it. It has nothing to do with me. All I've been doing is working hard. And that's us. That's you. That's me. That's all of us. Getting to this place that when God speaks, we'll hear however he chooses to ask. You've got to be prepared to answer. And so that's the fourth point I'll mention, and then I'm going to close. Do not be distracted. I can name times in my life where I got distracted. I lost sight of just how much Jesus paid for me. I've lost sight of what a powerful, what a powerful name it is. I've wrestled with difficult times and things in my life, things that have happened. And in the midst of that, I would say, Lord, where are you? And it was like he'd remind me I hadn't moved. You just quit watching. You just took your eyes off of me. Okay, watch this. People think, we've talked about this, I think I shared this on a Wednesday night in a study, it fits here, so I'm going to mention it. Most people think, and they've heard about Elisha and the, this chariot of fire came through and got him. Well, in truth, scripturally, that is not correct. Elisha was standing with Elijah. There's a chariot of fire came from heaven and came through and the scripture says, separated the men, blew through. And whenever it came through, the normal reaction would be that Elisha follows this flamboyant, flaming vision of a fiery chariot, and he's trying to see Elijah. Where's he at? Where's he? But the scripture tells us that when that happened, Elijah was taken up in a whirlwind. So here's what happened. That thing blew through. We'll call that a test. Well, now, God don't test nobody. Oh, bro. <laughs> oh, come on. Get real. 
He's talking about God. He can do anything he wants to. And you all know we need testing. Amen. Don't you marry the first guy that comes along. Let's put him through a test. Send him my way. <laughs> I don't mind doing that. Amen. I'll test him. I'll test him. Amen. I told, I told, I told both the fathers of the ladies that my, my, my youngest and my middle son in just discussion, I said, hey, I'm good. Will you test them any way you need to? They were like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I ain't even got to say that, God. God, you just do anything. He's going to do it. He's going to test us. Boom, that thing comes through. And what did Elijah gets blown back, but he <laughs> what are you asking for? What has he shown you? What do you need the most? You need to keep a focus on it. You need to see it. You need to believe for it. You don't need to let anything distract you. You come this morning. And in coming, you brought a difficult thing. You're here. You got something going on. It's all right. I'm going to tell you a quick thought. Difficult thing is a human term. It's a human term. What could be hard or easy for God? Will you trust him? Will you set your focus on him? Will you give it up? Will you give it to him? Will you believe him for it? Whatever it is, you need to, you need to refocus. We're going to open the altar. Barry, will you come? If you need to refocus on following him. So I'm going to say this because this is part of what I felt the Spirit spoke to me this morning. Some of you have backed away from him. You're, you're, you're a little distant from God today. If I were to use the word far from God, that'd be incorrect. It's not that you're far from God. It's that you've taken your focus off of him. You, you've been distracted. Those distractions create the circumstances that you're in. Those circumstances have overwhelmed you. You're at a point where you just need a miracle. Here's my word to you. Give it to him. This is your, this is your God moment. What I've preached this morning is your God moment. You've been asking God, I need to hear from you. He's speaking to you. It's not because of me. It's because he loves you. He loves you so much. I can't even fathom what it'd be like to have to give one of my children. I can't even fathom it. Michael went in the army and I told him, buddy, I don't care where you are in the world. If you ever find yourself in need or you find yourself in trouble, and it's a place that only God can get you out of. You call me, you contact me, you let me know whatever I can do because I will do whatever it takes. Does that mean I can travel across the world delivering my son? No, but that means I can get on my face before God and I can focus, I can watch, I can pray. And there are people around you right now that are focused they are watching and they are praying. And it's for you. It's for you. 
I invite you to this altar. I'm not going to do anything special. The people here aren't going to do anything special. We're going to obey the word of God. We're going to come and agree with you. A prayer of agreement. Whatever it is you need. Whatever it is you need. If you believe that you... I'm going to talk to the second group. Come on up. Anybody that needs prayer. If you see someone coming up and you want to come stand with them, you come just cover them with your prayers. Just love on them right quick. If you're here, and I want to say this, if, and I'm going to speak to the online people. Along with us, but listen to me, if you're online. If you feel you've missed a God moment. If you feel that something has happened and you've missed that moment. I don't believe it's too late. I believe the test happened. You may have lost your focus. Maybe you're in a dark spot right now. You can get to the altar right where you are, just like these people are getting to the altar. You can get to the altar by simply getting on your knees and saying, Lord, I'm refocusing this morning. I'm setting my attention on you again. I'm not going to let anything distract me this time. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch and pray until I see something happen in me first. I need it to happen in me, Lord. I need it most. I need it from you. If you're here this morning, that's you. You can also get to this altar. If you're in a place where you feel you've missed something and God's calling to you and saying, hey, get back in, get back in this place I have for you. And it may be that you're far from God today. You've never asked Christ to be your Lord and Savior. And this is the beginning point. This is the stepping in place. This is where you step in. This is, this is the entry point. This is the divine door swinging open. God's calling to you and saying, hey, come, come, come. Will you come? Will you come? If you, Everyone stand with me. If you're in this place and you need to be in this altar, letting something go, placing in this altar, re releasing and surrendering something, I invite you right now, get in this altar and let's do that. Come to this altar right now in the name of Jesus. Will you, will you, will you just where you are pray just for the next couple of minutes and let me pray with these who are down here. And if you want to come, please come. Please come and stand with me.
for you there is no thing too difficult for God so it's us that's in need of prayer help us to focus we're fixing to walk out of this building God life's going to take us somewhere this evening and tomorrow and the next day we pray that your spirit rests upon us that you flow through us that you reveal to each one of us your activity through the day. That we see you in tomorrow. And God, that as we walk through that day and we see you, that we are quick to say, Lord, I want in that. I choose to join you in that. Help us to focus because that will only happen for those who are watching. Only if we're watching. Do it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. 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 Love one another.